record on this computer. Okay, perfect. So it is, oh yes, thank you. Neat. Here's one I made earlier. Okay, so you were saying we might as well like get straight into it since we don't have an intro or Let's anything else yet. Let's just jump right into <laughs> yeah. it. So you were saying that you wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't. Yeah, so um, I mean, I, I, I've got a couple of friends here who are very <clears throat> interested in the whole YouTube scene, the whole Twitch and and uh, podcasting scene. Um, but for whatever reason, we all have different interests. Uh, I, for one, would make a, a YouTube channel on, say, gaming. Like, I actually have a um, an Instagram page dedicated to in the indie development gaming. Um, and some of us would want to do more religious um not religious religious um information but they would want to go into like the the philosophy and ethics of you know religion and other friends who would just want to keep it straight medicine so we had a lot of different ideas but we couldn't focus in on one point um in my opinion it would have been great to do it on all of that but uh, you know how the med school schedule is we couldn't really get together and do anything so yeah, it never really came to fruition. So I've been doing a little bit on the side here and there on my own. Um, but this is the first time that something will be put like pen to paper wise, you know, so I'm quite excited for that. But uh, your your channel, when did, when did you, when did you get the first ideas to start all of this? Like, how did it come to fruition? Uh, well, actually, the truth is, uh, I've always wanted to be a YouTuber. Like, I would say like for at least the last 10 years back when like yeah. Kev Jumba and Smosh, you know, like one of them Smosh. reaching a hundred thousand was unheard of. It was like mind blowing. And, you know, YouTube didn't even have ads. And I used to come home from school and watch them and be like, I want to be a YouTuber. And every year I would come up with like different ideas, like what I was going to make my channel about. But then I would be like, oh, no, I don't have a camera. Like I don't have a mic. I, you know, I would also kind of really be afraid of putting myself out there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that. That was the issue with me as well. I've, I, I was like, because I've seen some friends who've started making uh, a go at YouTube channels and just get obliterated by their friend group, just completely, yeah. you know, torn to pieces um, socially. And I didn't want that at all. So it's quite. It's, I mean, it's a brave thing to put yourself out there. It comes with its own risks in any in any case, right? But you've been you've been doing well. I, I saw you doubled your uh, subscriber count this week congratulations thank you congratulations thank you. <laughs> thank you i mean it's just uh it's been odd because in everything youtube that i wanted to do like streaming or especially study streaming was never a consideration um like when i went into it like i've talked a little bit about this before but when i started it was from a place of like desperation of needing to study because the libraries were closed. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna stream myself studying and I'll ask my friends and family to check in once in a while. I didn't really even know study streaming was a thing. I kind of like looked into it the day before and saw that actually it was a huge thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Like the benefit is that maybe after 30 days of doing this maybe I'll like at least be confident enough on camera and you know, like I'll be on YouTube for 30 days. And at that stage, like it won't be embarrassing anymore. And I'll, and I'll actually go out and actually make videos like I've always wanted to um, because I was afraid and like I kept coming up with different ideas and then I was like oh what if someone I know see them like what if no one sees that like I, I got this like really weird like paradoxical fear that no one was going to see my videos but also people that I knew were going to see them and make fun of me like it was a, uh, it was it was like this double fear um, but now like the streaming I would say has completely changed my life because 
I definitely feel like I made it as a content creator. And that sounds really weird because I'm still so small. Like I only have like 2.1 thousand subscribers. Um, but to me, like, I feel like I made it because I no longer care who sees my stuff. Mm. Like, I don't mm. really care if like one of my classmates listens to this now and is just like listening to make fun of me. Now it's just like, I don't care. Like I want to make videos. I'm going to stream. I'm going to make a podcast. Like I'm, I'm starting websites. Like it's no longer, uh, like, I don't care about putting myself out there. And I don't think that would have happened if I didn't do the streaming. So I mean, from, from what I've heard from, you know, the, the big, the big YouTubers and the big um, content creators is, is right now where you are, is like the golden years when you're having the most fun with it, when you're actually able to interact with all your, your fan base in a more intimate way before, you know, it, it blows up and there's just too many people for you to have meaningful um, like connections with everybody. I mean, right now I was looking through your, your streams a couple of times actually over the past week because I've been struggling to study. So it's nice to have, you know, <laughs> yeah, someone yeah. to study with. I mean, the, the thing I like about your stream is that it has that, that, that interaction. There's a lot of other streams that, you know, take breaks and then they go off and have a biscuit and they come back and don't acknowledge the chat at all but but your one you it's almost like being at a library where you'll be like hey mate do you want to do you want to go for a coffee break and just talk around the the vending machines for a bit and i really like that that's a very nice uh, very nice touch well most of the messages i actually get on instagram now are like i actually look forward to the breaks like it's apparently like people are just like getting through the study part just to get to the to the break part which you know it's it's kind of nice because i've said it on stream before as well like uh, when they're like, oh, you're so motivational. And I'm like, am I? Like, I'm not the one doing the studying. I'm not the one who's forcing you to sit down. I'm just an entertaining break timer. Like, literally, mm. I'm just a fancy interactive timer because once I start the work session, that's all on you. Like, no one is forcing you to do that work. You're you're the one doing that work. I just act like an idiot on the breaks and you seem to enjoy that, so. You're like Pomodoro Plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, like, I don't know. I didn't really go into it thinking anything was going to come out of it other than maybe I was going to finally like not be afraid of putting myself out there and honestly like it's nice it's it was really nice and also now um I, I've built up like I would say like a, a small community like an audience who who does actually care about what I do like when I told them that I was starting the podcast with you they were already like where's the link we want to listen and I'm like guys chill like the, the first episode isn't even out yet and they were like no but we want to listen and I'm like okay oh I, that's I, so <laughs> sweet though but no but they're that's... so nice they're they're really nice yeah no I mean I like I said that's that's I mean one of the fantastic things about just the age we live in and this whole content creation boom is that you can really affect change to people's lives without without having to you know put in as much uh, it's gonna sound really douchey but you know putting in the effort in which you would have to you like back when i was a kid um just being able to have access to to the information and and the resources available to just put yourself out there and have people actually give you feedback in real time and enjoy the process with you I, I think it's great what you're doing honestly it's really you took the initiative and you the confidence that you'll get from this as well is going to be fantastic I mean yeah no it's definitely though so much easier like for us it, starting this podcast was basically hey want to do a podcast yeah okay let's set like Tuesday night every once a week and then you know like anchor like the platform that we're using does mm -hmm. everything for you so literally for us the hardest part is clicking upload once the episode True has aired and like I think that's really really incredible and some people still 
like everything is so easy you would think that more people would be doing it but I think it is really just difficult to get over that fear of oh what are my classmates going to think and then you're just like so what okay. <laughs> like, yeah like <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 it's fine I actually I actually wanted to ask you like are we going to curse on the podcast because I have a potty mouth as well oh yeah um, you don't want to give me that that ray and I will, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will um, yeah we'll be cussing until the cows come home really uh, I mean I think that's fine I though Okay, cool, 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 cool. Just asking, just asking, because actually it also, uh, I was thinking about it because at the moment, like we named it like MD Shuffle because we don't know what's coming next, right? Like we, we don't know if it's going to be a professor interview, like a student mm-hmm. interview, like it's a shuffle. But also I was thinking what could be a cool format um, is if we don't edit the things like the curses out or the dead silences and we can call it like undoctored doctors because mm-hmm. like it's like oh, a- fantastic do you like that's it that's great man you're the king of puns queen sorry queen of puns that's fantastic. it's okay uh, so I, I was actually going to ask like what do you think of that and then you know we would never have to put in the effort of editing um because mm. podcasts actually require editing like to take out the dead air and everything else but you know i i feel like a lot of the medical podcasts that i looked up they were not consistent. And I think it's because your schedule does get crazy, but you know, if we agree from the start, okay, we're not going to edit, we're just going to create, um, you know, it's something that like everyone has one hour a week. So true. true. And also I kind of like undoctored doctors. <laughs> no, I like that a lot. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah. No, nice. Yeah. Let's keep that. Let's keep oh, that. Yay! Okay, we're excited. <laughs> I, I do feel like it's better than uh, MD shuffle. Oh, I did that undoctored doctors. Yeah. Cool. That'd be great. I, um, I also feel like the beauty of being a medical student as well as being, you know, a medical student in a different country and being from, you know, different, like, I personally don't know much about you yet and you don't know much about me yet. So we have a lot to talk about. Mm. Uh, Our lives are going to be very busy. So we're going to have a lot to talk about there. And we'll know a lot of people to bring on the, on, on, on this journey with us anyway. So <clears throat> as long as we stick to a schedule of once a week, an hour a week or what have you, I think there's going to be um, enough content for you. Because like, like you said, some of the medical podcasts that I've talked to stick to a niche of maybe talking about clinical cases yeah. or, or sticking to some aspect which dries out after a while. But keeping it loosey-goosey is quite nice for me, I personally think. I mean, I also... Uh... I've, I've been reading, like, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about content creation and reading a lot more about all these things and startups. And like, th- there's usually like re- repeating themes of advice. And one of them is basically like, just be consistent. Like, don't over plan it. Um, because you, like myself included, I, I tend to get like a lot of like uh, analysis paralysis where I just try to find like, what it's going to like, what are the next few steps? Like, how can I make it perfect? Like, is it going to be okay enough? And I think like this approach is brand new to me. Like I have a very YOLO mindset, but (laughs) this is like the most like unplanned, like we're just doing it. We just have one hour a week. We're just going to go. And I thought it would also be cool like to document it. Like, you know, now we can name the episode, like how we came up with our name of Mm -hmm. undoctored doctors. And next week it might be like how we came up with the idea to like make a YouTube channel. Like, you know, it's like, documenting the process it's showing our work but it's also being consistent in a way like the, true do you know and it, I mean? like it, you kind of bring people with you in that aspect you know if you yeah, go yeah, back yeah. and you edit everything you edit out those parts oh maybe we shouldn't talk about the process because that's like behind the scenes kind of stuff I, I think it's nice to bring people with you on that um because I, I like to see that when, uh, with true. the people that I 
I watched, you know. You're, yeah. you're like growing with your community. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, it. that's exactly a nail on the head. <clears throat> oh, that's that's actually so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm I'm kind of uh, excited about it. I, I don't know. I, I keep like repeating the same stuff, but I think it is basically I actually I have no idea when we started. So I have no idea when it's going to be one hour. <laughs> but... Let's just keep... <laughs> How about the recording software. Does that tell you? No, because I'm just recording natively in Zoom. Uh, ah okay because like yeah teams would tell you when you started yeah but my university gave me free zoom so <laughs> like the free pro nice, zoom nice. <laughs> so, i'm just i'm just a poor student working with what i got like actually on that topic which uh which platform have you been liking the most because we use zoom a lot for you know the start of the lockdown doing the initial lectures and then we've switched to teams um and then for some of our orals we've even used skype like, skype uh, audio skype i hate it so much i don't know how i ever Bo- boomer time it's boomer time. Exactly. <laughs> the thing takes five minutes to load and then it's like two frames behind when you speak i don't know no i like i i think uh discord basically killed zoom uh, sorry not zoom uh skype but because like yeah, I, I, re- I remember like before i started med school and i had a bit of a gaming addiction um like five or six years ago, I would go on to Skype every day to like voice call my friends and play League of Legends with them. So like I was using Skype like so, so much. And then I took like a one year break and I came back and like Skype was dead. It was all Discord. Like everyone's on Discord now. I mean, it's geared for to, for gamers. Like I, I love Discord. I keep Same. trying to get all my friends to Same. like sign up. <laughs> but it's like even even... I think it's even better than Telegram, personally. I know a lot of Italians Telegram. use Telegram. Like, no, yeah. sorry, not. I hate WhatsApp. Um, WhatsApp, yeah. I mean, the, one of the things I actually love about uh, Discord is that you can edit your message after you've sent it. The amount of times I've not spelled, checked what I've written, and then I send it, I'm like, shit. But with Discord, I can just, I can completely change what I'm saying. And, uh, yeah. I just, I, I, I really like Discord because of the separate channels you have. So like I, I first discovered Discord actually not in the context of gaming, but actually a medical server. There was this absolutely huge, huge, huge medical server called the medical field, like TMF. And in there, like you had a bunch of medical students, doctors, nurses, and like they had like uh, sometimes like, okay, the academic channels weren't used as much, but like you did have some sort of academic uh, conversations going on, like maybe like some clinical studies, homework help, you know, things like that. Um but it was really nice like connecting with medical students all around the world. And actually I met a few of them like in real life. Uh, so that was like how I was actually introduced to Discord. It wasn't in a gaming context. And like based on that is what I loved about Discord because now like everything, whenever I join a new community, no matter what it is, the first thing I do is check if they have a Discord to see if I can like hang out in it. Do, do you know? Mm, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is why like also like we started the medical schools in Italy discord and it's why i really wanted to like catch on and people to go into it because i think really it could be such a great uh tool like you know being going to say you want to do an internship somewhere and just going to the discord and going into that channel and like talking to people there um like i i think it's just it could be such a great utilized tool but yeah i've been trying to push it with the milanese lot but uh they're a bit they're a bit boomer-esque they're like oh why don't you use telegram instead you can't have different channels in telegram (laughs) yeah and i'm i'm not sure about telegram but whatsapp's got a 250 person limit to each chat 
sorry my neighbors being quite loud um and then like telegram i'm not sure you've got the same thing maybe not actually i've seen no you you can have super groups in telegram but the the problem like I, i like telegram for group chats right but for doing something like community based also because you can pin uh messages in discord in the relative in like in the relative channel like you can you can pin messages in telegram as well but like if i wanted to find something say regarding like university of bari because i'm going to go visit there and i want to see if like someone wants to meet up like another medical student like in telegram they're all like compiled into one thing whereas on discord i can literally go to the meetup channel and see the pinned messages or i can go to the university of bari channel and see the pinned messages and you know it's like just categorized so much it's, yeah it's definitely more um <clears throat> more intuitive more category like categorical and a lot more user-friendly and the easter eggs are really cool like every single time i open discord now i get a little japanese girl saying discord to me it's really cute (laughs) (laughs) you weave (laughs) (laughs) dude today all i've been doing i i binged watched the great pretender on netflix i finished uh watching akira again for like the 10th time yeah i'm a bit of a weep definitely yeah sure. d- just a just a little <laughs> i'm gonna keep that one for a later date though because uh, <laughs> i can go talking about that for a long time i mean i think um the weird thing is like i feel i felt i i mean i don't know i would have thought that a lot more people in medicine would be not weebs but like more nerdy if that makes sense mm. Mm. I mean, every, like, I don't know about your course, but like everyone in my course has their own little thing. They may not be like, I mean, we have a couple, we have a group of like purely gamers. Um, we have some, we have a lot of history and art buffs, like a lot of art nerds, um, poetry nerds as well. But I mean, they, I feel like a lot of med school students, at least on my course, are, 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 are nerdy in their own way, you know? my course is like full of jocks (laughs) they're they're all going to be big pp surgeons and i'm just going to i'm just going to be like a lame youtuber uh in my own little corner and like you're going to watch your anime but i mean like i really like my classmates actually you know like i don't love them but i feel like i got very lucky as a batch Mm. um with my classmates because we don't really have any beef ever between us yeah, yeah our batch yeah our batch <laughs> is notorious in our course for being just it's like pandora's box you write any message on our group chat it's just insults fly arguments left oh, and right God. people getting out of their scalpels to stab one another it's a bit uh, a bit messy a bit messy it's a bit toxic to be honest but uh i mean there's enough people in the city you don't have to 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 chill with those people all the time no no but i mean i don't know it's just still nice but like a lot like off the top of my head like i have classmates who are super into like wrestling like volleyball like basketball like they're they they do they are all pretty like three-dimensional people but like i i was just expecting a lot more people to be on discord or like anime or like video games like because i don't know when you think of medical students you do think they're kind of nerds yeah, I mean, they spend all our, all their days inside studying, so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> shame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the shame. Or meant to be, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
exactly. Like, I'm just going to avoid eye contact with the camera for a bit. But um, no, I, I guess I was very surprised by how like jock most of them are. Like they, they, they're very like, charismatic and cool. They're, they're cool people. You know what I mean? They, mm. they spend time outdoors with people. <laughs> like, <laughs> they actually have a tan. I don't know what that's like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Like look at how, like, how white I am. Um, like camouflage with the wall behind you. <laughs> but I don't even know how we got onto this topic. But actually, what's really cool though, um, I think maybe it is a little bit COVID, but I've noticed that this year my classmates have all picked up their own thing. Like they all kind of had something like volleyball or a sports interest or like travel. But like this year, like one of my classmates started a photography um, Instagram account. Mm. Like one of them started like a music channel, like now performs on guitar. Like another one started like embroidery and now like embroiders like designs. And like, I feel like this year, all of them have picked like one hobby like oh like my friend Daniel he is now like a huge plant enthusiast like an absolute oh. expert of in botany <laughs> this was the uh, this was the the fellow who joined the discord yesterday right yeah 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 <coughs> that's that's Daniel so like now he's like a plant expert he loves oh, everything for become a plant daddy yeah yeah, yeah. and <laughs> you know like I, I picked up the youtubing and the content creation and it, it's it's really weird because I have never in my life consumed so much content as I have now since I started creating content mm. like so you're getting I, high off your own supply huh yeah, yeah. Supply, but. <laughs> I mean yeah I guess that's a good way to put it but like you know you know um I used to be like super annoyed about uh signing up for newsletters I'm now like I look now for you're pushing them wow. yeah yeah like now I'm looking for websites to have good newsletters because now I read them like take notes on them and you know now instead of listening to music I listen to podcasts which mm. in the past I could never ever do I have really bad auditory retention and I would have to keep rewinding but like now, same, same. now like I'm really getting into listening to podcasts and you know I switched my Netflix subscription for a scribed subscription which is like the Netflix of books um like I'm really forcing myself because I mean that's 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 growth right that's uh I mean for me like Spotify is just something I put on when I'm walking to and fro but there's there's this chap on my course called Chardiff he is a fiend for podcasts and he keeps telling me to to just listen to these instead of music like every now and then don't completely like for me personally don't completely replace them <clears throat> but listening to like a podcast on uh, you know medical conversations and actually one he wanted to that he pushed me was um, learning Turkish just through conversations of a Turkish expert um, talking with um, a novice. Wait, uh, you're gonna learn Turkish? Show. Yeah, my girlfriend's Turkish. No way. Yeah. <laughs> you know I speak Turkish. You do fluently. Like fluently. Fluently. No way. I swear. Merhaba. Yeah. oh dang that's so cool so so which part of turkey does your uh your your mother's side right my dad's side is turkish that side where where does he hail from uh well like i'm born and uh, born and raised ankara oh really yeah oh we have one of my good friends is actually from ankara yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know we have a Marve in my class and it's so funny when the teachers call her Merv <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh, uh, the murder in our class fucking hates it. Absolutely detests it. <laughs> oh man, it, it makes me laugh. Like it really brings me joy. Like not in a making fun of way of Marve, but like we had this one professor, and I don't know why he like puts such an emphasis on like Merv. Like you know, Merv. like the way he, he would say it was like I just loved it and uh but yeah, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. My Sorry. Italian pro- profs call me rash because they yeah, they don't they don't really do too well with the <laughs> anything that's not Italian, basically. Um, my name in Italian means greenhouse. Okay. okay. And actually in first year when I was enrolling, because nothing was in English, I downloaded this like a Chrome extension that would translate everything Italian into English. And when I was completing my online enrollment stuff and I was filling out the form before I hit submit, I didn't realize that the extension had changed my name to greenhouse because it was translating it from Italian to English. So I had to go to the enrollment office with my documents saying greenhouse, you gel, like, and I had to like show my passport and like try to correct that mistake because I didn't realize the stupid extension translated my name into English from Italian. Oh, that uh, must've been a faff. That must've been a proper pain in the ass. I mean, it's a fun story to tell now, but it was yeah. just, I like when, when I hit submit and I saw like greenhouse, I was like, I don't fucked up. (laughs) Basically, like I I didn't even tell. Like I was afraid to tell my mom and brother, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah, the enrollment is fine. Everything's okay. I'm going to Italy now. Bye. (laughs) Like I'm going to Rome." I actually showed up to the airport on the wrong day as well. Um, I I was just like that once. Yeah, I was just so excited. I showed up a day early. Like I went at five a.m. and I was like, I looked at my ticket and I was like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> it's better than a day late i've been to a to a flyer day late once or twice no how do you do that they sent you like so many check-in reminders yeah i just i had to, i actually don't even know why i missed it i think i was uh busy with clerkships and i was just you know brain fog spazzed out on studying and too much coffee too many late nights but it's a it's a quite a common thing amongst at least my friend group for people to miss flights uh it happens quite often although yeah, they're, they're late for everything, to be honest. I think it's an Italian lifestyle. <laughs> like, True. I True. mean, I've definitely embodied uh, being late now to things. Oh, I'm much less punctual than I used yeah. to be, for sure. Same. For sure. Because <laughs> I know I can get away with it now. Before, I used to be like really get anxiety for being late for things. And now I just realize that uh, there are worse things in the world. No, 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 for, for sure. It's it's why now, like when I'm meeting up with people every time I go back to Ireland and they're like running late, they're like, oh my God, I'm so, 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 so sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like I I, I thought it was going to be like this. And I'm just like, dude, like <laughs> it's totally fine. I'm not even there yet. Don't, don't worry <laughs> not even left the house yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like in an asshole way. It's just like, I don't know if you guys have it. It's like a, a, a Romany, like a Roman saying of like shallah, which means like just relax. Um, no no idea so it must be roman dialect but here there's like this very attitude of like ah shala like you know just whatever um and it goes for kind of everything like even when you're like doing bureaucratic stuff and you're like really annoyed and like you have to wait in line it's just kind of like ah like fuck it like just relax about it mm. and it's the same with like showing up on time or like planning things like when, when you want to plan things with people they're like shala like just relax man like you know just go with the flow see what happens I don't know what we would say in Milan, probably tranquilo or bo. That's my favorite Italian word, bo. 
but I love it too. It's so good <laughs> so because good. it's an actual word. Like people don't realize that like bot is like an actual, actual. Um... I think the French use it as well. I remember talking to one of my French pals about it. He's like, yeah, we use it too. It's not an Italian thing. Got a bit, uh, got a bit jelly. Classic French. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. That was definitely like one of the cultural things that be you know, I used to hate, like, I used to hate that everything was late. And, you know, even going to a reservation, like I would freak out about losing the reservation. But now it's kind of like, oh, you know, they already account for you being like 20 minutes late. It's really true. In fact, true. if you get there on time, they're like, yeah, you, you need to you wait too early. <laughs> you need to wait. <laughs> Actually true. Like, I never even realized that. But if you do get here on time, they're like, okay, like, just chill outside. for Inshallah. <laughs> Oh man, I think it's it, it has actually been a cool experience being an international student. Um, for sure, for sure. I actually, you know, <clears throat> I used to hate being here. Maybe. Same. <laughs> yeah, like two years ago, I had some really bad experiences. But um, <clears throat> like my my sister recently got back from Japan, and she had a really bad uh, time of it. well, not a really bad time of it, but for, but but for two years, I just heard a lot more negatives than positives. But since she got back, everything about her experience, she's just seeing, you know, the positive sides of her whole experience and, and has realized that for her, what she's taken away from those whole two years is more positive than negative. And I'm starting to have that mindset now that I'm getting closer to the graduation date. I'm like, you know what, actually, the past six years have been good to me. Overall, the net, the net worth has been pretty, pretty positive. Um, and... It is a fantastic country to live in. There's obviously it is hard, a lot of shit. Yeah, it's hard, especially as an international student. <clears throat> but um, there's a lot of positives. I don't know. Is, is, he, is he complaining? Oh, I think they're cooking. I think that's what it is. Oh, okay. I thought he was like complaining because you're talking. like, Or maybe it's because you're talking about Italy. He's like, hey, watch your mouth. <laughs> like, careful what you say. <laughs> No, uh, it's not. It's not me around this time of the day, uh, night. Actually, <laughs> it's um, the the guy upstairs. He will. It's strange. Like he just laps. Or I think of his apartment, just like running really quickly, just like running, um, and then you'll hear him cooking afterwards. And then those guys, I think they're probably cooking as well. It is. It's, it's the same time. every single nine p.m. Which is strange for me again. Like in the UK, we eat at like six, seven maybe eight they eat very late here uh, eight eight is i feel like pretty late i mean for ireland standards as well um i could not believe how late they have dinner in italy when i first Crazy. moved here yeah uh it, it's actually really funny because for my birthday in first year i organized a dinner for my classmates and i wrote in uh the class chat something like oh like reservation confirmed for 22 um at 8 p.m or something I, I can't remember exactly but I had like 21 or 22 but I actually meant like how many people it was <laughs> yeah. but people actually thought that was the time to start so no one showed yeah. up until like 10 o'clock and they were like oh this was the dinner time and I'm like 10 o'clock is bedtime people like how can you how can you make this mistake and but yeah like I was so yeah, shocked completely normal here there isn't like 9 10 p.m is the dinner is beautiful I love aperitivo I've, I, I didn't realize how amazing a buffet could be until you have an Italian buffet and 
I'm actually quite fortunate because the place that I live is right on one of the epicenters for Aperitivo in Milan. So um, I have them all, all at my fingertips and it's quite, uh, quite fortunate. But fucking COVID, everything's closed, so. I mean, uh, are you guys like red zone? Because here things are open till 6 p.m. So like if you have like an early Aperitivo 4 or 5, you could still. You we know. got de-escalated last week last week yeah so i think um because <laughs> uh, because it's fester now um everything's closed still uh, i actually went to the hospitals today and yesterday not realizing it's a national holiday <laughs> to go do my data entry for my thesis and i messaged my correlatore today being like um <clears throat> hey i'm here uh, it was closed yesterday closed today where is everyone and he was like dude it's a holiday go home yes yeah, so it's festa yeah oops I should know by now. It's, it's, it's the same time every year. So. I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of holidays in Italy, like a lot of really, really random ones that you always forget about. But it's really nice in like the spring because you get so many like uh, Ponte, like the bridge holidays. So you get four four day weekends. True, true, true. Yeah, I love those. Those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> I um. Yeah, I haven't taken advantage of the of the country as much as I should have though. Like I've not done as nearly much traveling as I should have. Same. Which in my last year is kind of a bummer, especially with COVID going around. But I mean, like, are you leaving the second you graduate? Uh, it depends because the intake for um for the foundation program in the uk which i'm applying to is in august that might be the front door but at this time in the evening i doubt it i think next time we do it we should do it a bit earlier because uh it is okay. pretty much at this time every 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 day that it gets a bit <clears throat> we can do 7 7 p.m next time yeah that'll work actually next time yeah next time i'll still be here but the time after that i'll be back home and i'll have peace and quiet uh but yeah i was saying that uh what was i saying oh yeah foundation program so the foundation program starts in august so if i graduate in july which i'm planning to do i'll probably be here for a month before going back so um, I'm not 100% sure whether I'll have time to travel then, but next term for us is actually void of any lectures. I'll just have to do two months of internships. So there may be time to at least take, you know, long weekends or day trips here and there. I actually want to, really want to go to Tuscany and do, you know, the whole wine experience because I'm getting big into wine this year, literally just my last year and I'm getting into wine. So I can't believe it took you six years. <laughs> really? I, I'm... I'm I'm a big beer drinker though. I love a good ale. So it took me a long time to switch from that. And the only reason I actually switched from that is because in my old age, um, beer does not agree with me as it used yeah. to. So I think wine is a good switch. I mean, I did the switch. Uh, I'm, I, I pretty much only drink red wine now. Um, but in first and second year, one, it's so cheap to drink wine here. And in my young age, when I first moved here, you know, when you're looking for like a cheap night out, you can get like a liter of decent quality wine for one euro. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, like in Ireland, though, like a very shitty bottle of wine is like eight euro and it's like vinegar. Like you, you, you would wash shit in that. Like you would not drink it. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? But yeah, here, yeah. We used to go for the bags. We used to go for yeah, the bags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like here, if you pay like five euro for a bottle of wine, like that, that's a fancy bottle of wine. That's like, you know, you, you take that to a dinner party wine um, mm. because like you can get a bottle of wine for like two euro and so it was and kind it's of great like, it's fantastic yeah like, it's it's pretty decent like yeah. it is decent I actually I, rem- I don't remember where i watched it but i watched a breakdown of wines like some sommeliers were like talking about wine and on like anything i think was above 10 or 15 euros is, is what they were saying like anything above that is not worth paying for until you get to like the hundreds because the difference isn't so significant that you should be paying for it um again i'm no expert so i don't know i just like drinking it (laughs) if it's it's not dry and it's not sour then i don't care i'll drink it yeah like i especially got into like low carb which is weird to do in italy considering it's such a carb heavy uh, country but generally like when you're doing low carb alcohol is either like dry reds or clear spirits and you know the clear spirits were hitting a bit too hard to be honest um i actually like i i kind of don't drink alcohol anymore um in the last year almost like in february it'll be a year i will have only drank once and it was red wine but uh that's that's how i started making the switch to red wine first it was like a thing of like oh it's so cheap and then it was kind of a thing like oh it works with low carb and now it's the thing of like Everything else is garbage. I am a fancy, fancy bitch. I am a business bay and I drink my red wine and I'm a super cool doctor. And you know, like you, you feel like <laughs> I'm so- a professional now. Yeah, I'm sophisticated. I'm a sophisticated <laughs> hoe with my red wine. Um, but yeah, like for me, it was uh, the fact that like after drinking even just two or three beers without fail, the day after, I wouldn't necessarily be hungover, like my head would hurt like my head wouldn't hurt sorry I would just have this weird phenomenon where I would throw up oh geez like every hour on the hour without fail until about noon or like one two o'clock like just every single hour I would just throw up bruh (laughs) yeah dude that was not okay I couldn't live with that anymore so um I had to make the sacrifice and give up my IPAs which made me a sad boy I mean though that's really intense like that's not uh that's not just uh oh I have a stomach ache yeah I, I, I think there's something wrong with me because I've been told I run hot like very hot like I can like the past couple of days I've just been going outside with a jacket and then a t-shirt on underneath and it's maybe two three degrees outside maybe four maybe there's a bit of hyperthyroidism I was just something. about to say like have you got your thyroid checked out no, I actually no. can't. I can't feel it anyway. But I think also like the thing I hate the most of well, not hate, but now that I'm a medical student, every time someone's like, "Oh, I feel cold all the time," I'm like thyroid, <laughs> like, <Yeah>. or, <laughs> or or they say anything, I'm instantly like, <laughs> you know the uh, the Metal Gear Solid like, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> the life comes out. I um yeah, I self I'm I'm a, I'm a big sucker for self diagnosing as well, like um i'm a bit of a smoker so every single time i get a chest pain here i'm like oh it's the cancer it's finally come <laughs> for me it's come this is my time 
do you think medical students are hypochondriacs or do you just think yeah they they i mean they call it third year itis uh or med school itis it's like i think it's when you start getting to those clinical years and you start seeing or noticing patterns or learning about different diseases and you you see the signs and symptoms in yourself you're like shit i web md myself <laughs> i mean like i do know a few classmates who we learn about something and they're like I definitely have this 100% like this is me and I'm like are you sure <laughs> like are you sure the professor said you would have been dead by the age like 16 but and they're like no 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 I definitely have no, this. it's terminal <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but I mean I don't I don't know if I would say that I'm hypochondriac but like now when something small happens I do get like alarm bells it's not necessarily that when I'm seeing something in lecture that I'm like oh this might be me but you know like now I, I said I had the the hand thing like the fingers and I'm instantly like oh my god it's scleroderma like I fit the profile I'm a young woman <laughs> like I, I have rhinoids it's definitely scleroderma like I've already signed off in my mind that tomorrow I'm going to be diagnosed with scleroderma for sure um, I mean are you going to go to a, a doc about it uh, well, okay. So the weird thing oh, you is, said you got an appointment with the rheumatoid. Or, you know, yeah. Uh, rheumatoid the, the weird thing is, uh, thanks to super Italian bureaucracy. Yay. I actually, I'm not registered in the healthcare system. I have no access to it, uh, which is funny because I work in the healthcare system here. <laughs> like I literally work in the healthcare system, but I have no access to it. Um, so you're so, not registered with, registered with the SSN? No, I don't mm-hmm. have a tessera sanitaria. I barely have a codice fiscale. Um, and it's I mean, like, you. I, I, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm not registered with the SSN, but in order to get my permiso de residenza, I had to sign up with some kind of health insurance to, to be able to sign up for that. So you can go through that though, right? If you have health insurance in any capacity. But okay, so the, the, the place where the weird bureaucracy is, is that I have an Irish passport, but I was born in Turkey. So when I tried to go the European route, they're like, no, you were born in Turkey you have to go through the non-EU way. And I'm like, okay, whatever, as long as I get it done. So then I went through the non-EU way and they're like, you have an Irish passport, you can't do this. And we have been trying for like four years. Like I've gone with Italian friends. I've gone with a professor. Uh, we have written letters. I have tried to go to the Anagrafia, to the um, do the other, the Municipio. Like I've gone to like two different ASLs or ALS, or I can never remember what the... Uh, yes, the ASL. Yeah, the ASL. And basically, like, I've just been stuck in this loophole since first year, and um, they just don't care. <laughs> basically, they just, they just don't uh, care. I mean, it's, I'm not surprised at all. It's pretty typical. Yeah. So, because of this weird bureaucracy, I had to go see um, a friend who knows a resident, like a specialisanda, in mm. rheumatology. And like, she was like, okay, we're, you, you need to go to a professor. Like, this is definitely like the problem you're having is definitely rheumatological. Like it's not um, just like a scrape that got infected or something. So now we're kind of like just showing up, but like, it's basically, if I wasn't a medical student, I would be absolutely fucked. But to be fair, I, I, I've heard multiple stories from people on my course in my year of, you know, in, instead of going through the ASL or the SSN or the healthcare system here they just go to their professor and be like got a bit of a problem can you yeah. sort me out and they're always like yeah fine well, yeah but like to me like it shouldn't be that way like i know it shouldn't You're it, right, shouldn't it shouldn't also just because um what one what if i had a much more intimate problem 
Um, and you know, I get that they're doctors and they don't like, they don't give a shit. And it's true because even when we go to the, uh, the practicals, like, I don't really care what the patient is wearing or if like they shave their legs or like, you know what I mean? Like you, you, yeah. you, you don't registered, but to me, it's kind of like, I know they're much older than me, but I want them to you see me as a colleague. Yeah, yeah. But like, also I want them to respect me as a colleague. Like, I don't care that I'm a much younger student, like in 10 years, I want to be their colleague. And, mm. you know, it's very hard to have that. Uh, mutual respect of like mentor and mentee, like professor and student, when they're like poking, they, yeah. yeah, poking. When they know intimate details about you, I mean, even even between doctors who are friends, if they have issues, they won't, they won't, um, they won't diagnose you or do the history like for their friend. They will refer you to someone that they know who yeah. you don't know because you need to maintain that professional relationships so I understand completely how difficult that must be yeah also I'm, I, I'm just afraid that I'm gonna go because I, I actually have rheumatology this semester and I'm afraid that the professor is gonna pit me like um just just in it's, case like it's an example just just in case anyone uh who's listening to this doesn't know what like pimping a medical student is it's like when they ask you uh questions like on the wards when you see a patient and the resident will turn to you and be like okay and what does this mean and what what's the signs of this and they like mm-hmm. examine you on the on the spot i, I i'm really spot, afraid of yeah. I'm, I'm just being afraid of being pimped because <laughs> i mean do you do that on ward rounds like uh during your clerkships or will that uh, be like during lectures yeah like we did um this year we were meant to do a lot more clinical stuff uh but you know covid so we haven't really but man actually you know what the wildest wildest experience slash memory i have from medical school is we did uh we went onto the wards one day and we were doing physical examination on a patient and the professor was asking like super easy questions like basically like uh on the patient you know like you have the grid like up yeah like upper right quadrant but I, I can't even remember the names. Wow, it has been so long. Um, oh, the abdominal. Yeah, yeah, like <clears throat> the, the the nine grid, like the yeah, thing. yeah. And he was just basically like, "And what do you expect? What organ would you find in like right upper quadrant? What would you find in left lower? Like really, really basic things, like really not like medical school stuff." And you know, we were like, "Oh, ovary and oh, liver." But this one guy in my group was like. I don't know. And he was like, <laughs> the professor couldn't reply. He was like, no, I don't know. And he's like, your colleagues just said ovary on this side. So do you, th- what do you think would be on the other side? And, and, and this, oh my God. And the medical student was like, I didn't realize this was going to be an anatomy exam. And oh. <laughs> I was, <No. laughs> I wanted to die from embarrassment for this yeah. guy. And the guy was like, this, this isn't an anatomy exam. And even the professor didn't know how to reply to that. Like, who in their right mind says that to a professor? Like, <laughs> that's, yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, the audacity of this guy, though. I mean, the balls or the, the ignorance, that's. I think it, it's, it's just straight up ignorance. Like, ignorance or, yeah, it's either stupidity or it's uh, <laughs> arrogance, let's be honest. I mean, it's, what year was this? Third, fourth? This must have been third year, yeah. Okay, I mean, he passed an anatomy exam one year before, two years before. Yeah, but it's not even like a hard question. Like, Jesus, like, this is a high school level question. He like, gave you the answer as well. <laughs> like, literally, like, fam, like, we, we said, like, 
kidney for here, like ovary for here. And we were just on the other side. Like, you know, if you ask that to a high school student, they would be able to know, like anyone who sits high school biology, it wasn't a very complex, like um, anatomical question. It was literally like insultingly easy, I would say, like asking the medical students, and what organ would you find here? Like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't even a medical question. <laughs> And this guy was like, oh, I can't believe this. I didn't know this was going to be an anatomy exam. Like, bruh, like seriously. Asking you a, a very basic question. I mean, I've, I've had my, my own fair share of fuck ups. I mean, one of the most embarrassing times for me in a, in a hospital was not actually in the capacity of a medical student. I was a, a high schooler going on some um, observerships like back in the time when I really did not want to be a, a medic at all, my parents were kind of pushing me like, oh, you'd be a great medic. You like, you should be a doctor. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. And then I, um, just for the hell of it, was to appease them. I was like, okay, I'll go do some observerships. And I went into a hospital uh, on this course called Hospex. And I was following a surgeon for the day. Um, I say following, he didn't know I was there at all. He was like, it's <laughs> another guy in the room. Um, so we were in, we were in, I think I, I remember it vividly. We were, we were following um, him doing an operation on someone's leg. I don't know what operation it was. There was just an open leg there. And um, I was already in the operating uh, room, just, just like sticking to the wall, trying not to be in anyone's way. And he comes up to me, like not looking at me, just like comes up to me, stands in front of me and just stands there. He was like, can you? Like he, after like two minutes, he's like, are you going to do it? I was like, what? And then uh, the nurse is like, oh, he wants you to close the gown. And I closed the gown, like I tied it. And then he's like, he turns and says, thank you to me. And then realizes I'm the medical student. He's like, you've just broken the sterile field. I was like, oh, me, what? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> And then he had to go take everything off, oh, re-scrub. Yeah, and I felt I, like my face had went, like, I don't blush, um, but my face went red, beetroot red, and I was just hot for, like, an hour from the shame and the embarrassment. So, you know, fuck-ups happen. They do happen. Uh, <laughs> How did the scrub nurse even allow a mistake like that? Because I don't know. I think she. I. I don't. They. They don't get a medical student. Oh, sorry. They don't get high school students in there very often. So she must have just thought I was just some kind of lab tech or whatever. Like just do it. Kind of. You know, get on with it. She. She may have even thought I was sterile. Sterilized as well. Like I had scrubbed in or whatever. But nope. Yeah. But now. I've learned from that mistake and I wash my hands every chance I get. So, <laughs> I mean, that. that's, that's, that's uh, just good life advice, to be honest. Like yeah, even outside true. of the, the, especially in 2020. <sighs> yeah, man, 2020. What a, what a time to be alive. Yeah. I mean, actually um, spent some time today investing in Moderna and Pfizer to hedge my bets, to try and, uh, try and profit a bit after that what's moderna one of the uh vaccine producers i think they're from oh so you actually up. invested in one of the vaccines yeah yeah um oh very cool did you know the uh the wife and husband who uh 
manufactured the first vaccine, I think, were are, are Turkish. Really? Yeah. Don't Crazy. remember the names at all, but they're, they're Turkish scientists. No way. But like not practicing in Turkey, I assume. No. Ah, makes no sense. No. Now it makes sense. <laughs> Now it makes sense. Um, very good. Actually, like, to be honest, I became uh, too saturated with COVID stuff way too early on. Um, in about like May, I would say I reached my capacity of COVID shit. Um, like I basically stopped following the news and the updates. I would like keep an eye on the numbers, but I just more cared about what the restrictions were. In June, I started streaming. And then basically after that, like it was what is happening outside in the world has no impact on me until like a vaccine is found anyway. Um, I mean, I, I, I did the exact same thing. And it's weird, right? As, as medical students, you kind of, you feel like you should be on top of it completely. But I remember being like on the John Hopkins website. Yeah. Um, oh, they the, had the really the cool. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, they had yeah. like, it looked the like something out of a and... movie though, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, like mission control kind yeah, of website. Yeah. I said that. I was it on like that every single day. Movie. Yeah. Like the nukes are going to come off at any time. Like <laughs> Even those big red circles. Where yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's happened. exactly what it was. That's, that's, that's what it was. But I was on that for every single, like every day for maybe, um, definitely february march april and then all of a sudden i was like it got too crazy uh the numbers were just bad everywhere and it didn't matter where i like where i looked the numbers were just going to be horrible so i just switched off i just completely switched off until someone was like oh the numbers are really high today i'll be like, yeah yeah that's cool how 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 many cases were there today and they would tell me i'd, I'd register it but i wouldn't look any further into it That's that's kind of how <clears throat> I reached as well. Kind of guilt though, for me at least, because you know, medical student, I should really be on top of that. You I mean, you say that, and I, I get what you're saying as well, but I feel um this thing where like I think a lot of people don't realize that medical students are human as well. Um okay. like I, I I do since I've got in felt that I get idealized a lot just because I'm a medical student, like, especially when I'm talking to like high schoolers and they're like, oh, like, wow, you're, you're a medical student. And I'm like, it's really not a big deal. Or like, even when I'm talking to strangers, like I don't like telling them I'm a medical student anymore because, you know, they reply with, oh, wow, oddio, brava, oh, brava ragazza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just, I think in a, in a weird, like this is gonna sound really counterintuitive and weird, but like, In a way, I think idealizing um, medical students and doctors in a way dehumanizes them. Yeah. And puts you on this pedestal almost, which it, it sometimes does. you don't feel like you can amount to. Yeah, but like even past that, like I feel like a huge problem that we have in medicine this day these days is like this lack of empathy from like from patients towards doctors from doctors towards patients. Um, but you doctors know, like- Towards doctors as well. Yeah, like medicine is a disgusting hierarchy. And like, I didn't realize it until I got in that you basically wait till you become a big doctor so that you can poop on the people below you. Like- Dude, I was, I was, I've been thinking this for like the past month. It, it baffles my mind that people who want to go into a profession where it is your job, your literal job to care for other human beings can be so- cruel to one another be so 
like unempathetic with one yeah. another it no, just baffles my mind it's you know like uh there's always news articles coming out like actually so i actually wanted to make a video about this for world mental health day um about medical students and suicide because if you're a female medical student you're actually four times more likely to kill yourself than another student your age um and like hospitals in australia and stuff are getting shut down and sued for like bullying because the hierarchy is cruel, like attendings to residents, residents to medical students and medical students being put under that pressure. And, you know, it's like then a lack of empathy from people. It's like, it's just like, you knew what you were signing up for. Mm -hmm. You knew it was going to be hard work. Like you knew this, like, what, what were you expecting? Like you have resident burnout, but like no one sympathizes with them because it's like, oh, but you're a doctor. You, like, it's you're, like you asked for it. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not... You asked for it. And then like, even if it's not like you asked for it, it's like, well, you're worshipped as a god. Like you're meant to be higher than human. Like wow. Like you're 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 amazing. Like you're a medical mm -hmm. student. You should be able to handle this. This is your job. You can do this. And actually, I wanted to um, make a few YouTube videos about this. Like even turn it into a series about like one. But I hate this. Like oh, oh, deal. Like brava. Like you're a medical student because one, like you're going to start creating like imposter syndrome in some medical students. Mm -hmm because you're going to think they're amazing and in medical school it is so hard to feel worthy of what you're doing and there is just so much going on and it's so hard to feel like you are living up to it and you are worthy of studying medicine and that you're going to be a good doctor like it's one this is really hard but two putting them on a pedestal means that you're not allowing them to be human and feel things and possibly burn out in the future and you know i think in this sense this is also adding to the hierarchy of medicine where like you you feel like you're a big pee pee doctor and it's time for you to like poo poo on the smaller doctors and <laughs> pee pee poo poo <laughs> yeah I mean, but you know you, you know what no, I but mean I, no I know exactly like I I mean it's definitely something that I I personally struggle with and uh, talking to people close to me it's definitely no one is immune to it <clears throat> it affects everybody at least in my year, but I, I would argue my course as well. It's just, it's a high stress environment, even when you're a medical student and then going into the job where it's just compounded even further. You've got not only the, the, the stress of your, your um, professional environment, you've got the stress of, you know, the responsibility of being in charge of someone else's life. It's, it's just a lot. And there aren't, um, at least for, for my university, there aren't many resources available to, to help you with that pressure, that stress, that, <clears throat> you know. And, and to me, it's no surprise that a lot of medical students and a lot of doctors then tend towards, you know, drinking heavily and, oh, yeah. or, you know, other substances, okay. smoking a lot. My God, I... Sorry, yes, go on. I... Um, started smoking cigarettes because of the stress of exams like and the, the amount of doctors who smoke as well is crazy crazy it's just there's not enough support there's not enough support and um there's also not uh, enough support within the medical student community at least for my university like there's not enough care for one another that <clears throat> i'm seeing i mean obviously between friends there is but for, but caring for one another is like a, a course or a, a year group or what have you there's just not uh, from what i see there's not enough at all 
No, there. I'm. I'm just looking for because um, I had actually written a video script about uh, again, like uh, medical student suicide, physician suicide in general, and actually there were statistics about it about um, like doctors in general are more likely to uh, substance abuse, and two, they actually have like a very high completion like succession rate of suicide because you know they know how to basically do it. But there was so many, like I had so many statistics pulled up about how like resident burnout and pressure and uh, lack of support structures is basically what leads to it. And one of the most interesting facts was that something as small as like calling them up once every three months and asking them like how you are or uh, are you having bad thoughts? Like, do you need help? Showed like... I think it was like a 70% reduction in an attempt. And uh, when you look into like suicide risk, a previous attempt is the number one um, biggest risk, risk factor. factor. Yeah. The biggest risk factor is a previous attempt. And like I found this uh, one statistic that it was very, very easily implementable, like super easily implementable. And it reduced the chances of a attempt like so drastically. And it's crazy that, you know, physicians and I, I say physicians, but like healthcare workers in general, like nurses as true, well. True, true. Especially um, nurses, I think actually. Yeah. No, no, no. Like that's that's a whole. I, I'm so sad I can't find the statistics on it right now. But when you do send them my way as well, because I'd like to see the. Uh, yeah, the because on that. I I did want to make a video about this because I I do agree. It's it's like a lack of support where it's like almost a weakness because this is what you signed up for. Like you signed up mm. to be a doctor. You knew the stress. You knew the pressure. Like you knew. You, you knew what was coming. So like, why are you surprised now? Like, why do you care now? But it's crazy that how much more likely you're, you are to kill yourself if you are a doctor or a medical student. And like, if you're a female medical student, four times more likely, I feel like that's like really high. That is disproportionately high to the, to the like, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, being a medical student is difficult enough. I can't imagine how much more difficult it must be to be a woman in this workplace. I mean, <laughs> yeah. trust. I told you, I, worst trade deal, worst <laughs> trade deal is in history. <laughs> I mean, uh, we have uh, we have this one professor. I'm not going to name his name, but uh, anyone from my university would 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 know him from off the bat. He has a notorious reputation for being just a little bit too creepy with the females in, oh, in, no. in our class especially blonde ladies and he'll do yeah. it he's blatant right in the front of a group of 50 people he will be just too forward with people and I'm if he's so like that in front of 50 people uh, imagine what's happening in a professional setting with uh, you know I'm not saying everywhere but yeah, it's probably a lot more likely to happen to you than it is to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty lucky in the sense that I haven't, um, maybe it's because I'm unattractive, who knows, but I haven't really um, had, oh, I'm so annoyed. I really want to find this. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm just searching my computer because I know I have it. I, I, writ I wrote a script on it, you know? Um, mm. So I do know that I have it, but I think it's even... Uh, Okay, okay, last, last ditch effort of searching. I think it's more than just being directly like 
harassed i would say there's no other way of putting it um, no that's yeah that's that is the term <laughs> it, it is harassment but it's also like boys club like it's not that you're going to directly face harassment it's that you're not going to be accepted as a peer mm. um because i think like so i think it was three years ago was the first time in history there was an equal amount of female medical students as male medical students enrolling into university. Um, so that 50-50 is like, we're only reaching it now, but it takes 13 years from the start of medical school to become an attending, like a surgeon attending. So it's going to be another 13 years before you see that knock-on effect in the actual workplace. Right. And that's if... Minimum if they go into surgery. So something like OB-GYN, like that's more dominated by uh, women, but like a lot of the surgical specialties is boys club, like orthopedics, like orthopedics is absolutely dude bro time. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be more than 13 years. I think it's going to be like maybe 30. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say as a medical student, but. Yeah. I mean, the <clears throat> with orthopedics in particular though, it does require Actually, I don't even know if it does require because you've got such advancements in technology that I was just about to say it does require more brawn, more um, physical stature. But with modern technology, I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore. In fact, the only orthopedics, prospective orthopedic surgeon in my class is female. Funnily enough, the one person that I do know wants to do orthopedics in my class is female as well. Um, but again, like, I think that we're That's seeing two isolated like, cases, like out of, but we also have to keep in mind that like, we're young and we're international students. Um, true, true, true. so like our circle is already going to be a lot more modern and, um, like, cause we're already more and not representative of the actual popular, like Italian population. Yeah. Or like in, in general, because, so I was talking to my friend who graduated from, uh, the best medical university in Turkey, Hacettepe. And I was telling him that I was considering applying to do the residency exam in Turkey as like a backup choice, like just to fall back on um, in case I can't get into a specialization elsewhere. And he basically told me that if I want to go to surgery, that I should not go to Turkey. Um, His reason was? He said that one, apparently in gen surge, like in general, anything that has a pulse will be hit on. And two, it's that apparently like in hit, like in his hospital, like apparently female residents kept quitting because they were just being basically either bullied or harassed or not accepted into the good surgeries and um, things like that. And like, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about Turkey because again, I'm from Turkey, but like realistically, it's not a country that's there yet, uh, equal rights wise. I mean, the way they you know, we spoke about this before just the way they treat their medical professionals in, in general oh, is yeah. pretty atrocious <clears throat> oh my god i totally f even forgot about that like there's also mm. that issue like i am so shocked that uh physician murder is a very mm. common thing in turkey like very very common it's really, yeah it's it's insane absolutely insane that you could study for your whole life saving people to save people, spend your whole life bringing people back from the brink of death to then lose your own life at the hands of a patient or a patient's family. 
that to me boggles my mind. Like I can, I will never understand that. Like from a, from a, just a human point of view, like how can you want to attack someone who is <laughs> trying to do good for but you and your family? The, the thing is like, it's again, it's because uh, medical students and doctors are put on a pedestal. So usually what happens in Turkey is that uh, the family member dies and they blame the physician because the physician is God and the physician should have saved them. So obviously if the person died, then it must be the physician's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the general logic behind the killings. And like the worst part is it's like, it's not even a rare occurrence. Like I would say at least, at least two or three a month, a medical professional is killed, nurses as well. Um, they're either killed or attacked. Like it's not even like a few like isolated cases. It's like monthly occurrence. Um, which is just insane to me. I that actually would never fly in the UK. That yeah. would like, <clears throat> I mean, we had, we used, uh, I remember maybe four or five years ago, there was campaigns within hospitals to curb uh, violence towards nurses because there was actually a big uptick in the amount of violence towards nurses, but um, no killing, not outright just killing of, of, of people, but yeah um there's there's actually like a a shocking video clip i actually also found my notes on the physician suicide um (laughs) okay so the thing that i was specifically uh referring to i got the numbers wrong um Okay, I just realized also the script is like 20 minutes long. So, but basically in in one study, right? uh, 23% of interns had suicidal thoughts. However, among those interns who completed four sessions of web-based cognitive behavioral therapy, four sessions is not a lot, it's web-based. Suicidal ideation decreased by 50%. Damn. Which I feel that's a very good return um, Mm -hmm. on something. so easy like so easily implementable um i was actually considering sorry wait okay now i feel like there's so many different topics going tangents on. tangents tangents let's go uh but i was actually considering talking to the our, our course president to in first year when you have the incoming students come in to have them sit and do a five minute assessment to see if they might need adhd testing mm-hmm. because the amount of students that I know that have ADHD but didn't discover it until way too late is insane. And to think that a five minute paper and pen assessment to see if they would need a neuro battery or not would have saved them years of heartache. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like here, it's so common to be 40 corso. And yeah, yeah. when you're a medical student, there's, there's so much expected of you and you know, you you don't know you have ADHD and you like you know like you're that trying could be... so hard you're like pushing yourself so hard and and you start thinking that there's something wrong with you and you start hating yourself and then you start <laughs> really feeling like this inferiority complex of like wow like everyone else is doing it why can't I do it and you know I think a lot of people might think that oh if they don't have ADHD maybe they shouldn't study medicine and that's bullshit it's absolute <laughs> bullshit because having something like ADHD, that is one of the most easily treatable um, disorders, like should not have an impact, but it would be life-changing to receive that diagnosis in first year versus like fourth year. Yeah, and, completely. And it's like- but, it's but, really- 
But also the same could be said of, of um, suicidal ideation. Having a baseline parameter every year for medical students would go a long way. I mean, <clears throat> I could, I could, uh, like, I know uh, uh, many people uh, struggle with that, especially in med school. It is tough. It is taxing. It is pushing you to your limits uh, mentally and physically. And having that baseline every year just to see where the students are at will help so many people but the issue at least for my university is that there's not the counseling isn't there the counseling is really hard to get um we used to have this system called cosp which used to deal with all of this but uh and chidis but they've since been either dissolved or they've been rebranded or whatever the case may be, the services just aren't as accessible as they are anymore. And they need to be, they need to be, especially for, you know, these difficult courses, not just medicine, because it is, it is just a student thing. You're taken away from a comforted, comfortable environment, not necessarily just the international students, but Italian students as well. They, they may have their houses in, in Sicily, in Rome, coming to Milan or, you know, the opposite end of the country without a support system. You need that kind of network in place to make sure that people aren't pushed to their limit and past it and then do things that they regret or won't be around to regret. I mean, like that, that's, why I was saying that like, I wanna to talk to our course president because these are things that aren't so hard to implement. Like they're not- um, They're not, like you just said, you just need- For one second, for sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's getting like so warm in my house. I was like really like starting to uh, feel the heat. This conversation but... gets heated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, maybe. but the, uh, like you were just saying before though, it's such a simple thing just to check in with someone once every you said three four months no uh so i got the statistics wrong because i wrote the script like a few months ago now but if you had four sessions of web-based mm. uh cbt uh it decreased suicidal ideation by 50 percent the other one that i was thinking of uh this was by the national institute of mental health uh the director said that they did this like massive study that when you ask a person, so I'm just gonna directly read it, sorry. When you ask a person if they're feeling suicidal, you can make a difference in suicide risk. You can reduce the risk in pretty simple and straightforward ways. In a study that involved people presenting to the ER and asking if they had suicidal thoughts, uh, offering referrals to those that did and ended up following up those referrals to phone calls over the next year, the attempts dropped by 20%. Um, so like the referral part is pretty important, but the emphasis was more on just within one year doing a follow-up phone call. Mm. That was what reduced the attempt by 20%. And since the biggest risk for actual uh, uh, suicide is a pr prior attempt, like reducing the risk of that first attempt is massive. It's so paramount. Yeah. So like one fifth, like you can drop 20%, like the attempts by 20% by just one phone call. And, and you how can, easy is that? There's so it doesn't even need to be implemented. It's just something that is so easy to do. So easy. Like, and the the four web sessions, like reducing ideation by fifty percent. I think that's even better. Like that's mm, mm. super super uh, preventative. And it's you know like I think um, I've heard from my other 
uh, friends who are medical students in other countries that they have like these wellness lectures that they absolutely hate. And I think that like universities think it's going to be like, um, you know, a solution, but like, it's still not personal enough. Like, I think like uh, having like a wellness lecture is basically like, oh, see, look, we're trying, but it's not mm. really, but, you know, schedule, like, you know what you could even do? Maybe this is wrong, but like, you can take the psychology course, right? Take their last year uh, students and give them like uh, internship hours where they have to like counsel the medical students or something like that. Mm. You know what I mean? As like clinical experience or like an apprenticeship or whatever you would. Or even just having some kind of body system. Um, there was a gent, uh, actually, uh, you know him. He, he, he was trying to implement a system in our university. Of, uh, they called it like a family system. So upper years, uh, one upper year, two upper years would get together and be like the parents of one or more lower years. And then as uh, time goes on, those lower years pair up with other lower years and then they become parents of other uh, lower lower years and then you have this network of a family tree that starts to sprout of uh, just a, a of a network of, of like a buddy system where you can talk to your upper years your lower years and just make sure that everyone's okay getting on all right and just checking in like you were saying just checking in making sure that they're doing okay um but coming back to this cbt thing like cbt has um, a special place in my heart because it's helped me a lot um and it's got roots in mindfulness yeah. which is roots in uh buddhism which is my religion and um, i love to see that um because it's such a s simple tool to just like control the way you not control the way you think but control the way that you that's like reprogramming yeah like it's like exactly. re reprogramming your thinking the the thing is like i've actually been reading up a lot about cbt and mindfulness because right so a few years ago if someone said meditation i would be like that is hippie bullshit um <laughs> just being completely honest with know. you be candid. now now after looking into the research like meditation is the shit like yeah. the scientific backing like i did not expect like it's laughable how underrated meditation is. Like it is purely laughable because you look at the research papers and it like uh, it improves focus, concentration, mood, your immune system. Like mm -hmm. there is actually documented real research that shows that practicing mindfulness and meditation actually boosts your immune system. But um, so I've been looking a lot into mindfulness and meditation and reading books on it now. But what's actually really interesting is that um, Currently, the treatment of insomnia, uh, sleep hygiene practices and CBTI, so CBD for insomnia, is actually more effective than pharmaceutical intervention. Really? This I did yeah. not know. Yeah. So like at the moment, first line treatment is actually now moving away from using sleeping pills to CBT and sleep hygiene because it has been shown to be infinitely more effective. Sleep hygiene, I understood, but I didn't know CBT would be so powerful with insomnia. Yeah, yeah, it, like it has its like own thing. It's it's like literally referred to as CBTI. Um, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because I mean, when I used to have insomnia, the main thing was that I would not be able to switch the thoughts off. They would just come like a torrent. Um, yeah, for like uh, for me, the insomnia was I had bad sleep hygiene because I was avoiding the introspection. It was like 
you know, like people are like, oh, you can't sleep because you're on your phone. And you're like, no, 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 I'm on my phone because I can't sleep. But the truth was, I think like I was trying to chase my thoughts away. And like, so I was like mindlessly scrolling. So just that, trying to distract yourself and then yeah, like, so, yeah. so that I wouldn't have to think. And then obviously that was leading to sh- shitty sleep hygiene. And I was like excusing it being like, no, I'm on my phone because I'm so bored and I can't sleep. But like, the, like you know, you, you have to um, address the, the thing. But um, also now, like the primary line treatment for OCD is also CBT. There's like no proper pharmaceutical intervention for it. CBT is the most effective thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it is such an underrated tool. Mm. um so it is we should implement more cbt into medical school. i think it should be taught in primary schools. i think it should be taught in high schools like it should be just as basic as maths and english like it should just be so commonplace that it's not you know this marble anymore because it is something that even a kid can do it's something that anyone who is introspective enough and can assess themselves enough even if they can't it gives you the tools to do so it's it's harder at a older age though i think like i think it should be thought at a i'm teaching all dog new tricks i mean you 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 can um i've i've been trying it a lot more but Mm. it is hard it is very very hard Um, it's hard to get started i think um but once you get into the the practice like it's the habit it's not even the practice in my mind it's the habit of just you know at least for me it's an hour of just sitting around just trying to calm my thoughts and just sitting there can be quite boring but it's also there's so many different types of meditation like I kind of fell down this hole of trying to find like the best meditation do you know what I mean like there is none it's so personal like this like because I mean I, I was born and raised Buddhist so you know, there's been a huge boom in um, meditation and meditation practices. So every now and then I get a friend come up to me and be like, hey, I've started meditating. Um, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on the thing. And I don't give them, I, I now have learned not to give them any advice because what works for me is not going to work for anyone else. Like it works for me because I learned the tools on how to, to, to assess myself and what my triggers are and bring myself that piece is something it's it's such a personal thing that you have to try out a lot of things until you find out what works for you like some people do mantra or color meditation and constantly reaffirm out loud the things that they want to manifest that doesn't work for me um and what works for them is not going to work for the other guy so like i had to try a lot of different things as well before i found what out what worked for me and that's the only advice I give them it's like you have to figure it out you have to read a lot about it and you have to 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 speak I think speaking to a lot of people as well like professionals who have uh who are well practiced and well versed in it for me it was monks uh, but you don't need to go to the religious side there's a lot of scientific aspects to it as well uh, scientific no, it's, practices it's so super- <laughs> scientific in my opinion like to me um i'm very much i would say uh reluctant to try things that sound like bullshit um (laughs) and i was very very reluctant to meditation and mindfulness for like the longest time like i i did like i'm just being really honest i would just be like that's hippie bullshit like that's new age medicine that's crap um until i actually started looking into the science behind it and i was like oh shit like this is like actual um 
like you know, not not the the method but the results like you can actually analyze it scientifically like um but yeah no i think everyone should try meditation because it's hard it's i struggle a lot with it i'm really not good at it oh i still do like i go through phases where i'll do it like once a day for for a couple of weeks or months and then i'm now in a phase where i've not meditated for god knows how long which 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 type do you do just out of curiosity i don't know if that's meant to be a personal question or not but i'm just i don't know it's fine i don't mind answering personally i am um, i i don't even know what to call it like uh my monks at my um temple back home taught me the method of what would you call it? like think and release like you just try and still oh, your noting. thoughts oh no uh, not not even noting okay um like yeah when the thought comes you acknowledge it yeah but you don't add any emotional weight to it you yeah, just yeah. let it go okay so, yeah yeah that's that's what uh like trying to make your mind as empty as possible and that can be very difficult and i found it very difficult for a number of years because i was like how the fuck do you think about nothing i'm thinking about thinking about nothing so is that nothing yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really i got fucked in my head a bit but um after a while it got easier and easier and easier to the point now that i'm on the metro i can kind of you know just not zone out but i can get myself to that level of just not thinking about anything when there's a bunch of stuff going on around me um takes a lot of time but it um it really helped me with the things i was going through during that time and actually, um, you know, everyone that I've spoken to, I've never heard anyone say, oh, meditation, who have given it a real, real try. I've never heard anyone who's given meditation a real try come out without anything, not yeah. learning anything about themselves or learning anything about the way they think or learning anything about the way that they go through um, their emotions and their mental processes. Even that is enough in my mind. If you don't learn, if you don't, learn how to fix the issues that you're having just learning how you think and learning how the emotions arise from how you think is enough in my in my opinion no, to, um, yeah. yeah um at the moment i'm reading a book actually called uh mindfulness in plain english like actually i was reading it earlier today but to me i tried meditating um a lot over the summer and I tried a few different types at the same time. So like I would have like a morning 20 minutes and at night 20 minutes where I was trying to think of like nothing. So like, I don't know mm. what you would call it, but also throughout the day, I would try the noting method. So like when I got a thought, like it would cat categorize it as something, um, mm -hmm. just one word, like you, you don't do anything with it, but you think it and you're like, okay, that's planning. Cause like I was planning something and I'd be like anxiety, like future, like, you know, it was like, uh, associating one word thoughts like throughout the day like being mindful of what was flying through my mind and just trying to put a one word and it actually made me realize because I thought that I was just a very depressed person but I started saying anxiety so much like every time like um I would if get a you reaffirmed it in yourself almost right no, like you no 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 I realized that actually I have anxiety not depression oh okay 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 uh, like it made me realize that like I actually have very panic thoughts about what might happen in the future rather than just like I, I thought I had like your you know your uh, over-the-counter store brand uh, depression TM <laughs> and I actually realized that like actually it was 
just a lot of deep-rooted anxiety and fear. Mm. Um, and it, it like really helped me just realizing it, like just under, like it didn't fix it. Do you know what I mean? But even just being aware of the fact that I had anxiety made such a difference because it mm. went from like, what is wrong with me? Why do I constantly feel like this to, oh, like I'm having anxious thoughts. Like, oh, maybe I should like address the cause of it. And, you know, that's how I started getting into the streaming and stuff because mm. like, as weird as it sounds, I was getting anxiety because I, I was happy studying medicine, but I wasn't fulfilled. And like, I was thinking of the future and I was like, oh, like, fuck, like, fuck, like anxiety, like, fuck, like what's gonna happen about this exam? Like, fuck, like, it was just really like, noting and categorizing my thoughts made me realize that like I suffer from anxiety and I, I had never realized that whenever people would ask me like are you like do you have a mental condition I'm like oh you know like uh I feel depressed a lot often like just you know being completely honest I think we should be completely transparent in the yeah yeah no, no I mean <laughs> in the podcast I realized that I actually suffer from anxiety not just depression and like if it wasn't for mindfulness I, I, would, I would have never like came to terms with that or and it's and it's that that People don't realize, <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> the categories can be co so so blurred with, like, if you look at the DSM-5 categories of any kind of mental disorder, like, the, the, the lines can get so blurred, yeah. like, do I have bipolar, do I have depression, am I just anxious, I don't, but just realizing it for yourself without any, you know, checklist, almost, like, understanding how the emotions manifest in my if for me understanding how because i get like my emotions come on like that like as soon as something happens like it flares so just understanding for me how how my thoughts tie in it manifest those emotions and how my emotions uh not guide yeah guide my thoughts in some aspects like when i get angry or when i get depressed or when i get um anxious as well like just those thoughts are controlled by what I'm feeling in that spur of the moment. And then they stay for me, they stay and they linger. And then that carries on and carries on. And just, it's almost like a vicious circle. For, for me, the, 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 the paramount point of, um, of gain from meditation was just understanding the thought processes, the emotion processes that work for me. And if anything, if anyone gains anything from meditation, I think it's it's just understanding yourself better. Yeah. Like we live in a world where we're seeing so much of other shit that we don't take the time for ourselves really to understand ourselves. Like <laughs> I used to go on this uh, uh, this forum where people were talking about finding themselves in their twenties. And, and, you know, like after you get out your teen years going on trips to find yourself, you don't need to go anywhere or do anything to, well, you don't need to go anywhere to find yourself or have any experiences to find yourself. I think uh, just understanding, trying to understand yourself from the most basic points can be quite powerful in and of itself. Uh, I need to go pee. I okay. will be right back i hope the flush doesn't get picked up on this uh, i can this pause it be quite embarrassing i'll pause the recording oh you can mute yourself if you press command shift a it's very very dry. Oh. oh it's fine but i think it's been almost two hours since we started talking oh what time is it it's 22 30 oh, uh so i don't know if we should uh i don't okay like we could just upload a first two hour episode but i feel like that's usually too long for a podcast <laughs>
but um, like, fuck it we're unedited people we're just yoloing in yeah people. undoctored we are undoctored doctors i mean i feel like so far away from being a doctor for you i guess it's like very close you're at the finish line oh no i'm oh i'm at the finish line but i'm Oh, my eyes feel so maybe this is a discussion for another time but i feel so unprepared man like coming back imposter to syndrome <laughs> no but it's not even that <laughs> i am unprepared yeah uh, but see that's how imposters <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get you yeah 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 that's how it gets you. no but like comparing myself again if comparing myself to again the the, the turkish students like those guys are jedis and i am barely a womp rat like those people can prescribe straight off the top of their head the amount of, uh, the correct dosage the correct amount of time for the kilograms of the patient and manage a patient all the way through before even graduating i can barely tell you what paracetamol does like <laughs> <laughs> i feel so unprepared it's crazy but yeah, that's a discussion for another time, another podcast, the next episode, maybe. Yeah, we, we could, we could, uh, let, since, you know, we're not really planning, but we can plan that for next one, like feeling unprepared in medical school. And we can just mm. have like an hour long discussion. Yeah, that. take ourselves off that pedestal a little bit, you know, knock yeah. it down a little bit. Maybe. I mean, I feel like today, we, I mean, we talked about so many different things today. Oh, yeah. uh, we really went some places today. We really went. <laughs> But it's yeah, good no, because we can, we can like always go back into one point and just like do an episode on it now. Like for me, um, I kind of didn't want to plan anything for the first few because, you know, it's like no one's going to listen to the first few episodes anyway. <laughs> um, mm, <sure. laughs> and I think it's better to like find our rhythm and process. And it's, I, I think it's like nice to document because, you know, like I've, I've been trying to think more of things in terms of years instead of like uh like goals like setting like listener goals or whatever it's basically like what will happen if we do this for two years consistently mm. like no you know, pressure of hitting yeah. landmarks or no no or... no like so for me it's kind of like my goals are now not uh oh i'm gonna hit five thousand subscribers for me now it's like i'm gonna do 100 videos like do you, do you know what i mean so like yeah because for, then it's it's more about your growth than, yeah you know the, the the subscribers growth right so like for me now this podcast like <laughs> I didn't tell you this part but um for me it's like what would happen if we did this once a week every week for two years like 100 let's find episodes. out let's yeah, find out like 100 episodes and not worrying about like oh who's going to be our guest like what are we going to talk about like is it going to be cool like are people going to listen it's like I don't care well okay I do care if people listen but like not focusing on who's listening and just actually doing like creating I, mm -hmm. I listened to a podcast today and the guy was basically like show up every day and you know the message just, is, yeah that's that's my mom always tells me just show up just show up that's yeah, all you have to do it's literally and like I don't know why but it's like so simple but again it's like putting yourself out there like mm. you no one's doing it like no one is just going for it and I want us to just show up like see what happens <laughs> I just want to do it just to do it you know I don't want any of the pressure of this um the milestones are nice but it's not the reason that one should do anything no yeah it's 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 nice to see things but mm. like also but for me the personal growth is what i'm in it for um 
I mean, we 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 were getting on the topic earlier about um, people picking up stuff over COVID. For me, it was coding, and I've always wanted to learn how to code. I've always thought I would not be able to do it because I wasn't good at maths. I wasn't good at this, that, and the other. But then, just I just did it. I just, I just did it to do it, and now I'm close to releasing. Um, a proof of concept for my first game so amazing yeah <laughs> i'm quite yeah happy about that so yeah just turn up gotta just turn up and just yolo the it. time in yeah yolo it <laughs> fucking yolo it man like why yeah. not like why the fuck not also like i really just don't want to be just the doctor yes thank i don't you. i don't want like one word to define me like I don't want that just to be my life. Like, yeah. I, I want something outside of medicine. Like, I don't care if you the need things I... something outside of medicine. You do, you do. And I don't care if the stuff I create is about medicine, but like, I, I don't want to be just one word. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, okay. I guess we should probably end the episode and see where yeah. next week takes us. Maybe we'll have an intro and an outro. Who knows? Ooh. Who knows? Actually, I might be able to get a friend to uh, to do a prototype of uh, a little jingle for us, maybe. Oh, shit! We're getting real profresh up here. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I mean, like, look, we, we came up with our podcast name. So mm-hmm. I feel like a jingle is like the next step. And maybe I can ask our friend to do us a little logo, like on Dr. Doctors. Yeah, yeah. You know what's pretty cool? It's though? happening, son. <laughs> we, we both have the buns, like, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I feel like we could make, like, a really cool graphic for the logo as well, because, you know. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Neato. <laughs> okay, so no outro. I guess I'm just going to end the recording. Anything before yeah. I hit stop? No, just be good to yourself. Yo, see you next Yo. week. <laughs>